Welcome to the Burning Hearts Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us this week. On this week's episode, Pastor Jaina continues our Kingdom Culture series as she speaks on God of the Impossible. Good morning, Burning Hearts Church. It is great to be with you again this Sunday, back in your homes, with your families, and enjoying life. I hope everyone is doing well and finding their way in this new season of our life. And um, we are as a church and as pastors and leaders in our church, I've been praying for you and are knowing that God is moving in your lives. And we can't wait till one day we gather together. Was that worship not amazing? It was so powerful. And God is moving mightily, even through us connecting on YouTube and through our life groups on Zoom. I know he's moving in our lives. And I am just so grateful for you, Burning Hearts Church. I want to tell you some neat testimonies of generosity that have taken place. We're seeing people who have um, abundance right now are calling into the church and saying, hey, how can we help anyone who's lacking? And we're able to um, collect some funds and hand them out. We actually even got to sew into the food bank, was out of food and needed food. And so we could sew money into that. And we're seeing God move in this generosity. And I'm excited to be a part of a church that's so radically generous. If you're interested in giving, people have been asking me and Pastor Chris how they can give. Go to our PushPay app, And you can have an option of tithe or you can have an option of COVID benevolence. And pick that and it's going to go towards uh, businesses that may need help, families who need help through areas in our city and within our church. And so just let us know the testimonies. If God is moving in your life and you're seeing the hand of God in ways um, that you've never seen him move before, we want to know. So reach out to us, email us at info at burningheartschurchfargo.com and we'd love to hear from you. Well, we're going to continue our series that we've been going through our core values of kingdom culture. And I want to start off today by talking about God of the impossible. That is our next core value I want us to hit is God of the impossible. We believe that we serve a God that is supernatural, that can go beyond what we could imagine or think because he's not human. He is God of the impossible. And right now in this season, I want us to remember that is who we serve. He's so much bigger than our situations. He's so much bigger than what is happening in our world. And he can shift and move and change nations. And so let's just open up in prayer and then grab your Bible and we're going to set into this. Heavenly Father, right now we invite you into our homes. We ask God that you teach us from the word today. God, make our hearts so tender that we would learn from you today, that the words on the pages of the Bible would come alive for each one of us, and we could take it as truth for us and for our families. God, I pray that our faith would be stirred in knowing that we serve this most amazing, almighty, awesome God of the impossible. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that's what we're talking about today. God of the impossible. No person or situation that we're in right now cannot be resolved by him. He is able, he's more than enough to bring complete resolution for each one of us. You know, I've had the opportunity to learn from amazing fathers and mothers in the faith. They've shown me that there are no shortcuts in this journey, that literally day by day, that's how we grow in our faith. It's that not an overnight experience, but it's this daily submitting to Holy Spirit and trusting that God of the impossible is our father and that we serve him 
And that daily as we share the testimonies of our personal lives of seeing his faithfulness, our faith begins to grow. In Hebrews it says, 11 verse 1, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. As we are growing in our faith and maturing in it, some of you are saying, I am new on this journey. I don't have that kind of history with Jesus. Well, that's why we share so many testimonies. If you go on our Instagram, we have Testimony Tuesday where we're sharing testimonies. And that is why. Because our history is your history. Our breakthroughs are your breakthroughs. And you can see God's faithfulness and say, if he can do it for them, he can do it for me. And I want us to think today as we're looking in God's word of those times in your life where he has has been so faithful to you. Revisit your days of salvation when you got saved or when your husband or your children were saved. Remember that day where he came in and the peace and the presence of God touched you in such a way that you will never be the same. Remember those days when he brought in provision, when you were lacking in, maybe not even in finance, but you're lacking spiritually or emotionally, and he came and met that need. Those are the days that in those difficult seasons, you can say, look at what he's done. He's faithful to bring it to completion and bring us into the next thing. That history with Jesus is our history with the God of the impossible to see what he can do in the next thing. And you know what? We as his children owe the world the opportunity to experience that God. That is why we're here. He sent his son and Jesus sent Holy Spirit to walk with us. Just as God sent his son to this earth, he sent us out to meet people and their needs and reveal the Father's heart for them, that he loves them and that he has a plan for their lives. In James 1, it says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who will give generously without reproach, and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith without any doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For the man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. Being a double-minded man, you are unstable in all his ways. God has called us to this, that he's called us to have that endurance and know that God of the impossible is with us. Our history with him is what we're in today. We have walked this walk and he has met us faithfully in so many ways. He's brought joy when there hasn't been joy. He's brought peace in areas where there hasn't been peace and rest. You know, when I was a missionary in um, the islands of Fiji, I lived in a hut and I had a grass net and all of these, you know, things that were really not North Dakota at all. And I was um, kind of every day a fish out of water, literally. I didn't know what I was doing and how to survive this and navigate this. And all I could do was trust in Jesus. I had others on my team, but they didn't feel any needs that I had. I needed to trust in him. And, you know, it wasn't just for the finances of missions. The bigger trusting in him was in those daily provisions of he is with me and he's not going to leave me. I would wake up in the morning and you have a mosquito net around you and all these spiders would be on there in different bugs. And if you know me, I'm not a fan of bugs at all. And the spiders were like the size of my hand, no exaggeration. If you've ever been to Fiji, you know this. And they'd be the size of your hand and you'd have to like poke them off and then you'd roll up your mosquito net and wait till they scurried away and then you'd get out. 
And all I can say is there was only grace in that season from Jesus to see and to be able to walk in that. If I had that happen to me here now, I don't think I had enough, I have enough grace for it. But in those places of walking with Jesus and seeing his faithfulness to me, I could believe him for greater and greater things because the God of the impossible met me in such a small, intimate way where he knew I hated bugs and he gave me the grace to survive that. And it sounds like such a small thing, but I want us to look at this principle in the word through David's eyes in 1 Samuel 17. As we see God of the impossible moving in David's life, it was this building of faith that was precept upon precept. And so let's look. Um, 1 Samuel 17, your servant was tending his father's sheep when a lion and a bear came and took a lamb from the flock. I went out after him and attacked him and rescued it from his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I seized him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, since he has taunted the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and may the Lord be with you. This young man, David, had seen the lion and the bear be taken out. And as God's army, his people were standing there and these mighty warriors didn't dare take out this giant, little David, who had seen God's faithfulness, the God of the impossible, help him in his everyday walk. He went up and he could face this giant and he knew God would not disappoint him. We serve God of the impossible. The second thing I want us to remember in God of the impossible, it's part of our identity. Do we know who we are? We are sons of this almighty God that we can lead others to him by showing them his goodness and love for them. We walk carrying this. This very living God is within us, Christ within us, the hope of glory. So let's look at Acts 1, verses 6 through 8. They gathered around him, Jesus, and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and in Samaria to the very ends of the earth. When we receive Christ in his very presence, we now walk out in our families, in our homes, in our city, in this region, in this state, in this nation, and to the ends of the earth. That's how we are called to carry it. We're called to lead and to move into places knowing that Christ is with us and that he has been so faithful. And we've seen his faithfulness day by day. Pastor Chris last week talked about hearing God's voice. And out of that place, a voice of obedience we can know our identity in Christ because we see him move as we read the word and as we hear him speak to us. We walk out this journey with him and he is so faithful. Out of our love for God and for others, our obedience should come out of that place, not out of the do's or don'ts or that we could you know, get some kind of gain. It's got to come out of this love for the Father, out of this identity piece that we're his kids and that he is ours and that we step into helping others because we love God and therefore we love others. It's that place that we find our identity in him. 
We see in the scriptures again and again in the Gospels where Jesus was moved with compassion. And it's not in that place that it's in that place that we want to step out. Ted and I were at a restaurant a while back with another couple and the owner came around and was chatting with us and it was a really nice restaurant. And we felt led to pray and prophesy over him. And as we did, the gentleman got on his knees at our table and was just weeping and weeping before the Lord. And he started to tell us his story of how he, where he grew up and how he knew Christ and how he moved to Fargo. And he started to tell us his history with Jesus. And he was so encouraged and we were so encouraged. And I was so thankful to God that in our hearts, we were just moved with compassion to say, hey, let's pray with this guy. And it might feel awkward or stranger in a restaurant, but when we said yes to Jesus in that moment, it was marked me in the sense that we could see God move on someone's life in such a powerful way. I even challenge us today because we might we aren't going to restaurants right now. But if you're feeling stirred about or thinking about someone that you haven't thought about recently, text them or call them. Take an active role and just reach out to them and encourage them. Ask the Lord, is there a scripture I can give them or an encouraging word? And I believe God's going to give it to you because that's who we serve. We're his kids, this amazing and awesome God. And I believe in this season right now, in the chaos of the world and the fear that's going on, we can step into the supernatural rest with him because our identity is in Christ. Therefore, how he sees things is how we need to see things. I want us to just take a moment and look at Psalm 23. And let this speak to you. I just, I'd like you to shut your eyes and just... Pause for a moment, wherever you're at in your house. Maybe not fall asleep, but just rest a minute. And just listen to Psalm 23 as I speak it over you, because I believe in this place God is going to have a word for you. And when you say, oh, that's for me, I want you to pause there and just repeat what I had said in that scripture. And let it resonate and set in your heart. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want you to stay in this place and let's just pray a moment. Heavenly Father, as we know we serve God of the impossible. And our identity is in you. And right now there is chaos and crazy in our world. Fear and anxiety. But we know in you, God, there is this divine rest because that's who you are. Heavenly Father, if anyone is struggling in their heart with fear or anxiety, Lord, we invite the good shepherd into their life. We ask Jesus, come in and bring your peace and your rest. If people are concerned about needs, Lord, you say, I shall not want. We shouldn't be lacking in anything. So God, I pray over those areas that your peace and presence in those areas would come, that you are with us, that you even prepare 
in the presence of our enemies. We can sit there and know that you're protecting us. You prepare that table before me in the presence of my enemies. You've anointed us and you set us apart and that we are going to dwell in your house forever. Heavenly Father, I pray this perfect rest, this divine rest on our lives, Lord, that this would be a part of our identity today. And God, we thank you in Jesus' name. So we've looked at God of the impossible and that our faith is growing and we're getting this personal history with Jesus and we're growing in our identity in Christ and we're asking him to show us even how to enter into these places of rest that are so opposite of our world. But the last thing I want to talk about is that prayer changes things. Our Father in heaven wants us to live in that fullness of the kingdom of God, which we need to be persistent in prayer. He talks about that. You know, in John 10, 10, it says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But God says, I have come that you may have life and have it in abundance. Jesus came that we could have fullness of life, life, and the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. You know, we are right now in this season, I'm sure you're just like me, waking up in the morning and praying protection over your family and over your city and that our leaders would have wisdom and financial provision for people who need it and that God would supernaturally move and get rid of this virus and that there would be medical breakthroughs. I'm sure we're all praying similar prayers. You know, we're asking for God to move in might because that's who he is and that's who we are. We are his kids and he's asked us to call on his name and pray. And science recognizes these things. Um, I was thinking about this week how Ted and I have looked at a number of studies on prayer. And they're scientific studies. Um, most of them are done by psychoneuroimmunologists who show that prayer and people of faith do better with illness. That their sicknesses leave faster. They don't have complications. They have an easier way of getting through their illness. And we know that as Christians, that prayer changes everything. But it's interesting, science has caught up. There's over 1,500 studies on this. So you can look them up. But I want us to look at what Jesus said about prayer. He shared this parable in Luke 18, verses 1 through 8. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and never give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to him, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge said. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, the son of man comes. Will he find faith on the earth? That persistent prayer, that we would be tenacious in prayer, that we would see God move in our lives through our prayers and bring that increase of God of the impossible in our situation. I know I was going to teach on this. I had a couple weeks to kind of look through and think about it. 
I decided I wanted to study. I'd heard about prayer movements during World War II and what God had done during World War II to bring about change in the war. And so I started reading and just kind of studying it and looking at different things. And I came across a man I didn't know until this last week. But he, sh- he led a prayer movement in his college. He started a university in Wales, a Bible college. His name was um, Reese Howells. And before that, in World War I, he'd been a missionary, and he came back, and now World War II is breaking out. And so he activated his college students to pray. And I'm going to quote him. And um, he's, Mr. Howells had young people in his Bible college in Wales were used mightily in a way to shape international events and the destiny of nations through their prayers. The world was in crisis, and this company of faith-filled believers became intercessors fully committed to be part of the solution. I challenge us, are we going to be part of the solution? This is what stirred him. This is a quote from Mr. Howell. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is stronger than the devil in the Nazi system. This is the battle of the ages, and the victory here means victory for millions of people. Do you know if we have victory on this COVID virus, it's for millions of people? That's what we need to step into. They didn't only just pray for the situation with World War II. They prayed for nations. They prayed for leaders. They prayed for government systems and unreached people's groups. And as they begin to pray, it begin to affect and move in their nation. I want to share with you another thing that I learned this last week about the battle at Dunkirk. And some of you probably watched the movie. I've never seen the movie, but... um, there were four miracles that took place for this, the World War II to shift. But before that happened, King George VI called a national day of prayer. And I want to quote what he said. They went into three days of prayer and he said, Let us with one heart and soul humbly be conf- and confidently commit our cause to God and ask his aid, aid that we may valiantly defend the right as it, gi- it is given to us to see it. Across Britain then, tens of thousands of people began to pray. They said the cathedrals were so full in the churches that they had services going down the street with people. They'd never seen this kind of movement in their nation before in the United Kingdom. And the prime minister called it a miracle, a word that was not known for him to ever use. And in the series of miracles that took place, Hitler halted for a few days. There was Another miracle where this thick, productive cloud cover came to protect them. And then the English channel became oddly still. It had never been still, but it was like completely still. And they needed that to happen. And then hundreds of boats, the word got out and hundreds of boats appeared. And God gave success to them over the Nazis in that moment. Our prayer of faith can stir and can move mountains. Do you know that? One little tiny mustard seed can say to this mountain, be moved, and it will be moved. Your prayers are powerful and effective. They can change the outcomes of what's happening in our world today. And I want to challenge us that in us knowing this God of the impossible and that our identity are as his sons and his daughters of the king of all kings, that we can pray and see God move in mighty ways. We owe this world the opportunity to experience this with God, the power of God. Um, in 1 Corinthians 2, 
4, verses 5, it says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. I challenge us today that we could affect the millions, that we would pray into this week even greater. I know everyone is praying and we are contending for this thing and praying protection over our city and we're seeing numbers that aren't spiking. But I know that God has more and I know the gospel is not being stopped, that it is moving in this time and in this season. On April 28th, we called this day of prayer and fasting and we're going to have some live worship for you to log into. And I challenge us that we would go after that. I'm believing God to shift and to move things. As I'm talking today and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, I would like to pray with you. You know, he says in Romans 10, just all we need to do is believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we are saved. And we can spend eternity with him. I know when I got saved, this peace and this presence that came over my life is so needed in people's lives in this season. And so I would like to first just pray over that. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, let's just pray together. Heavenly Father, I invite you, God of the universe, this God of the impossible, into my life. You sent Jesus as Son, and I pray that everything in my life that has not been for you, God, I ask for your forgiveness, that I would just humble myself before you and come into this relationship with you. And Lord, I declare Jesus is Lord of my life, and I thank you. That if I call on the name of the Lord, I will be saved and I can spend eternity with you. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's step in. Church, I would like to just close in prayer for us as a body of believers to step into this God of the impossible, that we would be tenacious and persistent in prayer, that our faith would grow day by day, just as the fathers and mothers in the faith have taught us, that it's these daily obediences as we walk with him. So let's pray over this. Heavenly Father, as we pray over the situations, we pray your peace and your presence over our families. We invite just your presence into our homes. I ask that the blood of Jesus just cover over each one of us, over our kids, over the grandkids, over the generations. Lord, we pray the blood of Jesus over our um, businesses and our finances. God, we pray that, God, you bring the provision that is needed in our lives. And you said you promised to meet every need. And Lord, we ask for the governors and the leaders of our nation, God, that you would give them wisdom. You would give them insight of how to do this. And Father, we agree together today and ask for miracles in the medical world, that you bring breakthroughs in medical sciences. These scientists are diligently working and have studied so hard, God, that you would supernaturally come and drop ideas in their head that you would bring the resolution for this. Lord, we pray for just a divine move. We know the gospel will not be stopped in this season. So Lord, we pray that you move in might in this time, in our lives and in the nations. And we thank you, God, for what you're doing. In Jesus' name. Well, church, God bless you. Have an amazing week. I look forward to seeing you next Sunday. We hope this message encouraged you today. For more information about Burning Hearts Church and our mission, please head to burningheartsfargo.com. If you are in the Fargo area, we would love for you to join us at one of our Sunday services, either 9 or 1045 a.m. Have a great rest of your week.